Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. Hey, what's going on, champions? Thanks for hanging out as always. And this is going to be a good one, man. I'm hanging out with my buddy, Michael F. Shine. We've already had a pretty cool conversation already. He's got a pretty badass background and story. So I'm excited to talk to him about uh, his journey, his book, and everything that he's doing. So, Michael, welcome to the show, my friend. Please tell us your story. Hey, Donnie, it is great to be here. I, I feel like the older I get, the longer my story gets. So I hope we have <laughs> enough time. <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, to, to, to keep it kind of relevant, I mean, I went from being um, a totally non-business oriented person to having to get a job. So I, um, I didn't ever want to be involved in business. I was allergic to it in my mind. Now I own a business and I like it because it's my kind of business, but um, I didn't know that was possible. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to be a novelist at one time, um, was really into that. And then I got into music, especially punk rock. And I used to play in bands. And um, one of those bands, yeah, I left college and told my parents I was going to go to New York and like change rock and roll, which was was kind of deluded. But that's really <laughs> what I thought I was going to do. And they were not pleased, but that's what I did. And, you know, um, we actually probably had a little more success. <clears throat> excuse me. We actually probably had a little more success than, than people expected of us, although less than I would have liked. But, you know, there, there's this club called Arlene's Grocery, which is small but pretty famous. Uh, the Strokes played there. And we used to sell it out all the time. And we had a residency there and things like that. And, and the way we did that, we used to say we were going to hype up our shows. We never used the word marketing. I didn't even know what that meant. But right. um, we would say we we're going to hype things up. So, you know, we would do things like uh, we got ourselves on Showtime at the Apollo because we nice. knew we would be booed off. <laughs> and so that got us a bunch of attention. Um, I used to dress like a nun. Uh, we used to put up posters that said Dave Matthews must die, um, which wow. I, I, don't, I don't think that would have flown in 2021. But at no, the time, you've been was, canceled. Yeah, but it was <laughs> it was funny then. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, I mean, but eventually, you know, the band broke up and I, I, I had to make a living and I got a job. And one thing led to another and I started, you know, I'm a hard worker. I started to do well there. And sort of forgot why I had gotten there and got into it. Um, and it was a really, really brass tax kind of job. It ran call centers. So as far away from the artsy stuff that, that you know, I could have imagined. But, you know, I started writing scripts for them. You know, the, the agents used phone scripts. And from there, I started to work for the CMO. And I was there almost a decade. And um, I started to, you know, do well. I, I made enough money that it was hard to leave. Um, but by the end, I was I was just miserable. In the beginning, I learned a lot. But at the end, I was I was one of those hollowed out souls mm. because I had wanted to do I, I had I really had deep, deep, deep interests. I wasn't just someone floating around and I had just fallen into this thing. So I, when my um, I found out my baby was on the way, who's now 10. And I just had this very hallmark moment where I pictured myself going into career day or one of those <laughs> things where you go in and saying that I was a VP of solution development. 
And that just kind of made me nauseous. Uh, so it I even quit. makes me nauseous. You, you just saying that phrase. So, yeah, I mean, I used to work so many hours and I have no idea what that position means. <laughs> so in any case, I left and, and I thought that there was an opportunity because I'm a good writer in writing what's called content generation copy. It's a kind of copywriting. And I had written white papers and things like that. So I was going to do that and I could make a couple thousand bucks for each one. And I figured since I was good at writing, I would get a lot of business because it's obvious if you're good at something, people will pay you for it. And um, I had about a year's worth of savings. Uh, and um, essentially, I burned through almost all my savings and almost went broke. Nice. And, and I did and the same thing. Did you? Oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was bad. And I had an infant and we had moved back to New York from Florida because Florida was where the job was and New York's expensive and it was not good. So I was desperate and I had become such a corporate kind of guy that I was doing corporate marketing. I was trying to learn about search engine marketing and, and A-B testing. <laughs> Says and, the guy who dressed up as a nun. Yeah, because <laughs> I forgot, you know, I didn't connect the two. I had been so long in that world that to me, if you're going to market white papers, you market them, capital M, market them. Right? I'm, I'm curious, did the corporate job know you dressed up as a nun at one point? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as I got... <laughs> more comfortable there people start, yeah, and I had friends there and, and they knew but it's funny I was so different like when I when I lived in New York I was just a hippish dresser uh you probably would have thought I looked like an idiot but like I used to I, I had like these I was skinny you know and I had these stripy pants and stripy yeah. shirts and pointy shoes like beetle boots and I, I looked really cool and by the time I left that job I was like buttoned down mm banker shirt and right. pleated pants and, and and that's fine but that just wasn't i i had just totally become this other Mr. guy corporate america yeah yeah uh my interests were still the same but i i just suppressed them and um so i i just assumed that marketing meant marketing and then actually since i was in the, in new york i i at one point i was walking past arlene's grocery and i just had this idea because i was so desperate and i was like what if i just was myself what if i was that mischief maker that i used to be but in a way that fit what i did so um the first thing i did i i i wrote an article called why gary vaynerchuk is flat out wrong <laughs> so if you're gonna pick a fight you might as well pick one of the biggest ones yeah and I was scared. It, it, you know, it, it, when I connect the dots backwards, it's as if I planned it. But I was just, it, I wouldn't have done it if I was any less desperate. So I wrote this article and it actually had a good point. So much so that Gary himself responded to me that night by video. And I cannot stress to you how much of a nobody I was at this time. <laughs> but he was, uh, he started out nice. And by the end, he was sweating. He was really agitated and not making a lot of sense. So I hit a nerve and I wasn't cruel. I picked a fight with his ideas. I didn't pick a fight with him. In fact, I think he's a great business man. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I built this following just on the back of that and started to get clients. So I just changed my view and I started to say, you know, maybe marketing, this, you know, marketing should be about anything you can do to get people emotional and get attention and get sales but it's become, they're like professional marketers who, right. who they're experts at landing pages, but they forget why they're doing it. 
Whereas what I started to do was focus on the mass psychology at first, very informally. I said, what gets people emotional based on instinct? And then I started to read about it. I started to study all these past, what I call them are hype artists, people who got a lot of attention unconventionally and that you could maybe apply their ideas ethically. And in fact, it started to do so well that um, it became an agency. So now I don't even, I'm not even a copywriter. I run a marketing agency, <laughs> you know? So, um, and, and the latest piece of my journey, I've come full circle. I just wrote a book called The Hype Handbook where I look at all of these unconventional promoters, everyone from propaganda artists and cult leaders to rock managers to even people like Martin Luther King. And I say, are there things that tie them together and if so, can you apply them ethically? Uh, it turns out there are, and there are very distinct principles that anyone can really master if they work hard enough and learn enough and, and get people. I define hype as just getting people into an emotional state so you can move them in whichever direction you want them to go. So that's For really sure. my story. No, I love it. I love it. And I'm, I've got a ton of questions that I think will bring value to the, to the audience. And you know, it's, it's funny. You remember conversations. So I remember you telling me about the Gary Vee thing last time we talked. Yeah. I totally forgot about it, you know. Um, and for sure, all my listeners are going to want to know what the controversial points are, but I'll tell them, everybody, go. you guys go find it. Go find it. I'm sure it's somewhere. It's out there. Go find it. So, um, you know, here's the thing for me. Um, I'm not a big fan of funnels. I'm not a big fan of all these marketing right. landing pages and all that. I have them, Right. But it's a tool. Exactly. It's a tool for sure. Yeah. For sure. Here's what I know is you can have all these gizmos, gadgets, tools galore, but if nobody's fucking coming to Correct. those tools, they're irrelevant. They don't. So early on in my business, I had this guy pitch me on the idea that, dude, I should do a, a chat bot. I'm like, okay, why? He goes, because if somebody sends you a chat, it can do all this automation and do everything out. And we started to build it. And then somewhere along the line, as I'm looking at his fucking script, I'm like, dude, this is cool, but I don't have anybody in the early in the business. I'm like, I don't have anybody sending me messages. I don't have anybody reaching out to me. So it doesn't matter how badass this thing is. If nobody's sending me a message, it doesn't work. He goes, well, that's your job is to go out and get people to send messages. I said, cool, I'm doing that, but I'm so early in the game that not a lot of people know who I am. So I ended up stopping that job and not continuing forward. And I guess I was like his number one client at that point. And he lost his fucking mind that I canceled on him. But, you know, it's a business move, right? For me, if it's not going to work, why keep throwing money at it? Yeah. So I'm curious, since that being the case and you do the hype man, what do small business owners do now? to, in the words of Gary Vee, gain attention in this time we're in, how do they hype themselves up so people actually will turn attention on them to get notice with their products and services? It's a great question. And I, I first actually want to talk to the point that you brought up first with that chatbot thing, because right. I think there's something really interesting there. I mean, if you're building a house or a shed or whatever, you know, it's really important to have good tools. I mean, it, it, sure. it, if you can have, um, I don't know, like some really high-end miter saw or, or jigsaw versus some rusty old one, that's really helpful. 
Well, it depends. Was that rusty old one actually built back in the day? Because I'll probably take that tool yeah. over the shit that's built now go, go, just I mean, to be a smart that, ass. That, that's, that's a good point. It's funny <laughs> that, that you say that. That's a side note, but I'm, you know, I like, I, I play guitar. And when people talk to me about how you know, planned obsolescence, how iPhones break after like four years, you can buy a guitar from 1955, like a, a Strat right. or something, and they're better than the guitars now oh, for sure yeah so that shows me that electronic equipment can can stay good if you build it good but anyway that's a different but my point is let's just say for whatever it is it's just the greatest saw electric saw you know power tool in the world you know that's awesome and it <laughs> makes your job easier it really does but if you don't understand how to make a good blueprint, if you don't understand engineering and architecture, if you don't understand the fundamental principles of building, your house is going to look like garbage. And at the same time, cathedrals, if you look at the tools that they use to build medieval cathedrals, it looks like a rock on a stick, you know, right. the, the hammers. <laughs> I mean, right. So I guess what I'm saying is that all of those tools are very, very, very useful. They make things more efficient, but it, he, marketing or hype or whatever you call it is all about human psychology. So we are, we, we are not evolved to see the world as it really is. We don't, our senses don't perceive the world accurately. We take in all this information and data and we see the world in a, through a lot of shortcuts because we have to move quickly in order to survive, you know, right. in, in nature. So those people over history who have figured out how to tap into that, get people emotional, get attention. And those things, those patterns repeat from person to person. Per I mean, there, there was, you know, a Roman emperor, Octavius, who became Augustus, needed to legitimize his dictatorship, which is basically what an emperor was. And he, had, he commissioned the Aeneid, which told this great story of the Roman history, you know, the, the Roman history that they were descended from the Greeks and that he, you know, it basically led to justifying the empire. So I guess what I'm saying is it's great to have all those tools and we can talk about the specific tactics. I mean, what I basically right. did was I read about all these people and I would see the same patterns repeat. And it turned out there really are 12 fundamental strategies that, that you see over and over. But by all means, buy HubSpot. But what bothers me is when people say, or what I feel sad about is when I hear people say, you know, we're getting our marketing together. We bought HubSpot. <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, but HubSpot is a piece of software. Like, do you think that just by like putting HubSpot up, you're going to get people excited about your message and get people emotional and get people to pay attention that no, you just have a good Cool. Dude, it's such a, I mean, because I remember when I first launched the business, you know, I went and got MailChimp because by God, if you're going to do a newsletter, you do MailChimp. And so here I was, you know, supposed to be a business owner, you know, running my business. And now I'm trying to fucking figure out MailChimp. I'm sitting right. on the back end, you know, watching YouTube videos and their tutorials. And at one point I look up, I'm like, Dude, you don't even have any business coming in. Why or are I'm you sending to, to 50 people? Like you can yeah. email... <laughs> 50 people it's almost better in the early stages to do it in a way that doesn't scale because then you can figure out what messages work back right. and forth and then once you've got that formula down and you have five thousand people in your in your thing you know in your contact then use mailchimp but people right. do it backwards yep 
Yep. I did it backwards. You did it backwards. And we're both supposed to be experts. So <laughs> you get there. Well, but you know, you learn everything by screwing by something. By doing. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, early, you know, now we have for the our company, we have the magazine, two podcasts, you know, we have five companies running and we have all this stuff going. So we have a masterful amount of content in the space, not Gary V level or Tony Robbins level or anything, but, like that, but we, yeah, we're, we're, well, yeah. we're doing okay. Um, you know, um, but it's taken me almost four years of putting out content and everything else to, to, to get to that level. You know, these small business owners, as they're trying to wrap their head about getting more attention, I mean, you, you're, you have a limited amount of options. You can do like LinkedIn or Facebook reach outs and DMs and, you know, you can potentially get on some stages or, you know, you can go to traditional networking and everything else, but I can't help but think that there's something a little bit more that people can be doing. I mean, I'm not going to dress up in a nun outfit. I can promise you. You don't have to. I don't either. You know, <laughs> I mean, I was selling rock and roll. I mean, Alice right. Cooper dressed in costumes too. Right. So let me give, let me give you an example. Uh, like I said, there are 12, but I'll give you you obviously do a lot of it really well without even, you know, knowing that it's my principles of hype, right? So w- there's a great quote that I came across in my research and it it, it was by these experts in propaganda, Aronson and Prakanis, and they say the essence of propaganda is a well-designed package. So, right, so propaganda artists like the Soviet Union and all of these places, they were bad for a lot of things, but they were really good at getting people worked up around some really bad ideas. So what if you could steal their ideas and apply them to something good? So what is packaging? What it basically means is that it's not your logo or your colors, although that can be part of it. It's that you figure out that thing that, makes you this larger than life standout individual and you make sure it runs through everything you do every detail and usually it's if you can take something that's either something that you may have been insecure about at some time and turn it into a strength or something that you were scared to do so i'll give you an example when i first started in business I would go to conferences and I would wear a blazer and sometimes a tie because I thought that was the business thing. I would right. never do that now because I'm a creative, but I'm looking at you right now. And 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 I think this is a great thing, what I'm going to say. So don't take this. Oh, well, you, I already think I know where you're going. Yeah. You're a, a professional marketer. So someone less sophisticated than you would say you should have been, you should be wearing a collared shirt and a shaved face and have some kind of like seven habits of highly effective yeah. people in the background. I'm looking at you. You're wearing a t-shirt. You're wearing a, a cap with a rounded rim. You have a shaggy beard. Yep. You curse, yep. you know, but all, not only that, you've staged your background. 100%. You've got kind of leather, old looking leather oh, stuff. That's Harry like, Potter wands, yeah, freaking medieval ragged, swords. You've got bottles of booze in the yeah, back. Yeah, so yeah. you're like, you have this persona and every single thing about you is not an accident. There's not one thing in that frame that's an accident. And I bet if I go to all of your materials, that's sort of like salt of the earth, whimsical. I don't give a shit. So I'm going to curse. Yep. I kind of like violence, you know, but only in small doses. Yep. Kind of guy is through everything you do. And that is a strategy. What people do is they either play a role for a few minutes and then they, you know, uh, I'm going to dress the professional here, but that's not who I am in real life. Or they just sort of like 
do it inconsistently or they design their website nicely. So they think that's packaging. Packaging is almost creating a cartoon character of yourself based on your, your inner portion, you know, that, that thing about you that makes you you and making sure that three words that are spoken, people know who you are. And you've yeah. done that very, very well. Thanks, and all I the best pipe that. artists do. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot to that. And I think it's so smart. So um, Dwayne Rock Johnson has got this wrestling movie called uh, Wrestling in the Family, All in the Family, something. I, I've totally screwed up yeah. the name of it. But he's got a scene in there. And I was already well down this path when I first heard you know Dwayne say this. But in that scene, what what said is there's two people trying to get into the WWF at the time before it became the WWE. Right. And um, there, the rock walks by, he's doing like this cameo in the, in the show, in the movie. And they're like, you know, uh, rock, how do you become the rock all the way through? I mean, you know, what do you psych yourself up to do and everything else? And rock goes into this fucking monologue that only the rock does like you candy livered lash, you know, he's going through this whole thing and they're just, you know, their eyes are getting this big as he's doing the, the whole rock fucking routine. Can you smell right. the rocks cooking? And he looks right back at him and goes, it's not a fucking act. This is who I am. The rock is who I am. And at the same time, it is an act. Absolutely. Because now that he's somewhere, he's at a different point in his career. Yep. He doesn't act that way anymore. Right. But when he was The Rock and not Dwayne Johnson, he was The Rock 24 hours a day, Absolutely. seven days a week. Absolutely. And so what I tell everybody is I spent 20 years in corporate America. You know, in corporate America, you wear the slacks, the suit, the yeah, ties, exactly. the right hair. Yeah. You know, you didn't cuss. You shave I mean, your face, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, I, I even was told in corporate America, don't tell people, one, don't have a country twang because you have a country twang, you're a dumb. I, I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up, but even that's part of your, yeah, your sure. thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and then you, you flip it. They said, you know, don't tell anybody you're a veteran because it means nothing in, in corporate America. Which right. they, they weren't wrong. None of the things they said no, were wrong. It was a different thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So so when I launched the business, I said, they're going to get me how I am t-shirt wearing ball cap wearing cussing the whole nine yards because I'm tired of trying to be two people. Um, exactly. And so that's where all of this came from. So, so, and so for look, at P look at Pee Wee Herman on the yeah. other side of the rock. This shows you how these tactics, the content almost doesn't matter. So there's Dwayne, the rock Johnson, there's you who does yep. it very well. And now Pee Wee Herman is not Pee Wee Herman. Obviously he's a guy named Paul Rubens. And now yep. that he acts in other things, he, he often comes out as Paul Rubens. But when I was little, I thought he was really funny, you know, and he was Pee Wee Herman 24 hours a day. I yep. didn't even know his name was Paul Rubens. He would go out in public. That's why it shocked people so much when he had his scandal. You know what right. I mean? It, I mean, it, it was bad. Any, it wasn't even. It wasn't bad. That, that bad. It wasn't it, bad at all. I felt. I bad mean, for him. he's a grown ass just, man sitting it, in a freaking. It, it wasn't bad at all. I felt bad for him actually. Yeah, I think they really, same. But same. it was it was embarrassing. Because, well, you know, it was a was culture so shock. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Because he was so good. If that had been Robert Downey Jr back then <laughs> yes he, when he was doing all the drugs and everything else no like, one ah, would have cared yeah, it's fucking Robert Downey Jr. Keith right. Richards you know what I mean yeah but it was Pee Wee Herman and he was so good at being Pee Wee Herman and not Paul Rubens that that it you know yep yeah no, starkly it's it's exactly that so I mean so for me finding Donnie and and introducing me to the world which we continue to do um, with my personality and everything else. And it's been so much fun to watch people kind of grab onto my brand. 
um, you know, I did it because I was showing me. I, I've also seen people go the extreme wrong direction. Like I'm going to be unapologetically myself, but nobody's connected with them because you're a fucking asshole. And right? that's also not controlled. You know what I mean? Right, it's not right. an excuse to just flail around like an <laughs> exactly idiot. Exactly right. right. Yeah. You know, so, you know, but I, I did it more out of necessity, right? I, I wanted to just be me in the marketplace, but, you know, I'm a small business owner that runs a HVAC company, or I'm running a, you know, roofing company or an insurance business, you know, how, how do I do that? I mean, and I'm not asking for all the golden gooses yeah, from no, the book. But, I'm happy to know. You know, but but how do how do I do that in, in a small business like that? So so we can talk about this tactic. And I should also say there are 12 strategies and some are more applicable to some industries than others. You fair, know? Fair. How, however, however, I mean, um, let's take the opposite point of view. Right. So let's say you're a general contractor, just Ooh. because I've had a lot of experience with them. I have hired so many contractors who are really difficult to work with. So, so yeah. right. And right. they have a reason for being difficult to work with. I mean, a couple of reasons. I mean, for the well-meaning ones, it's because it's a business that goes up and down. So what they do is they book tons and tons of work. They get all the jobs started at once, and then they flake off a little bit while they try to balance it. But that's right. really bad for the customer, but it's, it's what they do. The other thing is, is that if you're a certain kind of contractor, not like a real general contractor, but someone who calls themselves that physical labor, while it's hard on the body, is something that you can do without credentials. So right. there are some down and out people who get into that work. So we, you know, I had a guy doing my house and he was a perfectly nice guy, but we came in and he, the lights were off and he was painting the walls. And I think he was drunk. You know what I mean? Right. And so let's say you were a general contractor and you did exactly the opposite as you, you came into meetings, you thought of contracting as a business, not as a way to make some money on the side. You, you made a vow. I'm never going to curse. You know what I mean? Um, I wear a suit to every meeting. I have an organizational system and, and a receptionist answer the phone so that everything is well organized. My materials are crystal clean. You know what I mean? The, the, you know, like, so, and, and everyone who comes on the job has clean overalls when they start, a shaved face, a nice haircut. Like, look what Disney did. Like, you know, carnivals before Disney, it's like carnies. I mean, it was people yeah. like circus folk, you know, and they made it that for better or worse, you had to shave, you had to not curse, you had to say, hello, how are you? Yeah, I can never work at Disney. Exactly. But that's <laughs> me either. But that's that's their thing. So imagine right. if imagine if you were a corporate business person who was kind of small C conservative, meaning that you you like you were a stylish guy and you like to dress up. And because you were in the your dad had a contracting business, so you were expected to curse and wear paint splattered overalls and this and that. And you didn't want to be that guy. What if you said, you know what, I'm going to be the Armani suit wearing contractor. And everyone is going to, and it's going to be a clean, tight, stylish operation. I don't know. There's value in that. That's different. I, I could see that becoming a solid brand. And I'm betting the guy, I don't know if Armani suit guy. Would, I don't, would I'm just saying, yeah, imagine, if, if, imagine uh, if that's what he really liked. Imagine, right? let, let's get that crazy. This is a style hound. 
Right. And he just happens to be in contracting because his dad was in it. It's a very family business, but he's good at it. And he says, just like you, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm going to keep being a stylist. Well, how does that trickle into the other elements of the business? Well, I think the trucks point, are stylish. The logo is yeah, stylish. I mean, you're going to you know, get yeah. out of small town USA handyman, general contractor work, right. and you're going to find yourself in the richest parts of town. 100%. Imagine if you go to Beverly Hills and you yep. come in like that with that vibe. <laughs> As long as your work backs it up, it's got to run that's, through that's everything. It. That's it. That's it. You know, um, it's 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 got to be a complete package. Every single thing you do. That's why it's pa- package. That's the word. Yeah, no, it, it makes package. sense. I actually, yeah. I've never heard it introduced that way, but I love the idea of it because yeah. I mean, I, I've never even thought about my own brand being a fucking package. But the you're package. right. Yeah. You know, um, down to even who I hire, they've got to fit the culture and everything totally. else, and understand what we're building. That's that's it. And yeah. people think of packaging as <laughs> the wrapper they put on their potato chips or the logo they slap on right. their website. And it's so much more than well, that. Well, and this is beyond brand. I mean way I mean, beyond brand. Yeah. You know, um, which is fascinating to me because I feel like I had a good grasp of brand, but you've even expanded that horizon. And you've so. done it naturally. I think you do. I mean, <laughs> what I've basically done is studied what really good people do, many of them in history, but also you're someone I might have interviewed. I didn't know you then, but I, I interviewed a guy, I, um, uh, Joe DeSena, who started Spartan Race. And I talk mm, about yeah. him, you know, and I, and I interviewed him in person. And the idea is I saw what these commonalities were, and then I tested them in my own business. And if they flew, I included them. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. Dude, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually diving into the book. Oh, thanks. Um, uh, I feel like I'm going to read it like a checklist. Yeah, you know? yeah, because you do it. I, I, I like did this. Yeah, I did you're this. Right. At it. Yeah. You know, which, which is, which is a lot of fun. You know. Um, so, what are you doing with all this? I mean, you've got the whole hype project. You're, you're got the book out there. Are you going on stages? You going in corporations? You consulting? What are you doing with it? Yeah. So it's a couple of levels. It's, it's a great question because I, I, I as, as um, you might have noticed, the last. Uh, 16 or so months have been weird <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> so um you know i i have this agency and already the book has gotten me more clients so just regular you know marketing clients who who we hype businesses up and people up just having the book out has done that but but you know my original plan um was to have it all integrated because i do love speaking and i do love teaching more people than just I love doing client work, but I think these ideas are important because there's a lot of people out there who not only have great businesses, but who have great causes, great artwork, and they don't understand this stuff. And I really wanted to put it in the hands of a lot of people. So my original plan was to, to go out and do all of that. And then I got the book deal and like there was a global pandemic. So I was kind of <laughs> like, wow, that that throws a crimp in the punch. But the good news is um, things are changing. You know, the book only came out three months ago. I I've noticed a, a, an extremely, an extreme uptick in the conferences and and the workshops and the the things that are going in person. So um, yeah, I want to do all of that. This really, I mean, this whole topic and idea lends itself to a Ted talk and I'm not a big fan of Ted talks. Um, I I mean, if if you know someone who has one, that'll, that'll change my, yeah, my career, just like you, I'm, I'm fortunate to be doing pretty well, but that's, that's like a life changing yeah, yeah. I, and I, I and I really yeah. I mean for and getting on TED Talks is not as strenuous as it used to be 
um, you know, you can just go to tedtalk.com and you're going to see TEDx, it. Yeah. TEDx. Yeah. It's a franchise yeah. now. So yeah. it's a lot easier to get on stage. It's just yeah. make your pitch match the theme of the show. And <clears throat> you got a good shot of getting in on their stage. It's funny. I, I just, after a year of just saying, I have to focus on other things, which I, which I did because of the pandemic. Um, it's a really well-timed question because I'm, I'm uh, my head's back in that as right. of like a month ago. So that's where I'm. So, you know, I'm really, uh, when I, whenever I get a, get a bug up my backside or a bee in my bonnet or whatever it is, I, I get like hyper obsessed. Well, I just it. got so, this. So whole, now that's where I'm at now. Yeah. I'm like trying to figure out how to. I've got this that. whole visual yeah. of you on a TEDx stage, you know, like in a, you know, pimp outfit or some shit. <laughs> or a non, some, a, non, a, non a non outfit, <laughs> something that's just completely, you know, yeah. anti TED, you know, establishment right. type <laughs> yeah. thing, you know, talking about yeah. this whole hype idea. I think it'd go yeah. viral as shit. Um, yeah, yeah, that's um, that's it's it's funny that you bring that up. I'm doing my first workshop now. Nice. So instead of just working with clients, we're we're, we're doing a work a larger workshop, and that's been a ton of fun. And um, that's where my head's at. I just I feel like um, these ideas, you know, my gift to the world as I see it is to put these ideas in more hands. And just for selfish reasons, even though I own a business and I love the business, and I'll never stop doing the business because that's how you test the ideas and absolutely. how you, you know, um. I was a writer first. I've wanted to be a writer since I could read. So um, having the book out there and being able to speak about it and research and read, that's that's my thing. So Yeah, that's huge. So crazy off the wall question then, what would I do more of with my brand and everything that we're doing? So two podcasts, the magazine, I mean, it's five companies all together underneath the Success Champions umbrella. What would I do to go louder with everything? Because my thing is, I always tell people go bigger and louder. Yeah, because I, mean, I think I, that's, that's half the battle. I don't think it's about doing more, but what I would say, or it's, you know, I guess a question I would ask you is, I, I really feel it's important to pick a fight, but not like pick a fight with Gary Vaynerchuk. That was how <laughs> I did it. Yeah, for but sure. I mean, I mean, pick a fight with an idea. People are much more attracted to being against something than being for something. And that can be done in a very polite, beneficial way. So for example, you can be against, Basecamp was against complicated workforce management and overwork. Dude, HubSpot culture. did just brilliant when they came out and they got me. I, I will fully admit yeah. they got me. HubSpot yeah, came out and they said, cold calling is dead. That, that's At the time, dude, I that's was a it. sales trainer yeah. and I'm like, fuck you, cold calling is not right, dead. I right. teach it all the time. And then in the middle of one of my rages in front of my own class, I went, motherfucker. It was a marketing play. Um, and it was right. brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely that whole brilliant. that whole and the whole inbound marketing book saying, yep. "Hey, if you create content, the leads will come to you, and you won't have to cold call." That's exactly what because people hate cold call. Yeah, absolutely people like it, but most people hate it. So, where would I so, pick the battle? Because my so my that, first that, battle yeah. I, it comes to mind is I'd go straight at Grant Cardone um, because I am completely opposite of everything he says. I think that's a good one um, as as an actual. So there's like the sort of overhanging strategy and then there's the tactic so that's a great right. tactic i would i would have you ask yourself the same two questions that i have all my clients ask themselves and which i talk about in the book and i say what is a point of view these are the two questions and they're connected what is the point of view a point of view in your industry held by like your competitors and your contemporaries that is extremely popular that's almost like gospel that you can't stand a point of view, like the Gary Vaynerchuk thing for me, it was that 
the only way to get successful in like content marketing and social media is to produce content and tweets and things around the clock. And my whole thing, I have a very structured, systematic approach. So I was against that idea. Right. So then the other question that's connected is, what's a point of view that you hold that you're not 98% confident about, but you're 100% confident that is true, but other people disagree with it? So, you know, it might be um, cold calling is bad. Most people in sales think that cold calling is great but I'm 100% convinced that cold calling is counterproductive in the internet era. If you really go deep on those questions, then you're not just picking a fight to pick a fight. Like I didn't pick a fight. I think what some people confuse what I did with Gary Vaynerchuk. You don't, it's easy to be a troll, right? You know, you can go out there and say Gary Vaynerchuk is loud and obnoxious and he should curse less. And, you know, that's great, but that's just being a troll. Right. What I'm saying is Gary Vaynerchuk, who I was always polite to, because I think he's great. He's a genius, was. Was um, basing his message around something I strongly disagreed with. So let me ask this. So when we launched a a company called Success Champions Networking, and it's the, the entire mission is to fix everything that is wrong with networking as a whole. So um, we have one massive competitor in the marketplace and they're fucking huge and it's BNI. And oh, yeah, right. we, we launched a, a quick marketing campaign that was called BNIs for Rookies. That's a good one. You know, That's um, a great fight to pick. Because I mean, it's where everybody starts networking. Now what, and, I would, now what I would ask, I think that's a great fight to pick. What I would say so that it can run through everything you do is what is it? What is a point? So BNI is this whole idea of trading leads and doing intros and favors and all of that. What is a point of view that's taken as gospel in the networking world that you disagree with? Like, so imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's hundred percent. It's giver's gain. I hate it. So, okay. See this. Now we're getting somewhere. What does that mean? Why do you hate it? And, and, and their I philosophy, in that. I believe in that. Yeah, well, so yeah, their, 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 their yeah. philosophy is givers gain, right? That means I'm giving to gain. I'm not giving the fucking gain. I'm giving because it's the right fucking okay. thing to do. Right. Right. And what they always say is that it's a karma thing and this and that. Yeah. But what you can say is that doesn't make sense. You're saying to you're speaking out of both sides. of your Absolutely. Mouth. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's always my story. I'm like, look. I'm not doing a referral so I gain anything. I'm doing it because the universe takes care of me because it's a real thing. I can't tell you I'm giving to gain, then turn around and say I'm gaining because I give. That's it. Yeah, you're 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 saying the wrong fucking thing. Okay. And so what's a point of view that you have around networking that almost no one holds, but that you really believe? And you would go on a soapbox in Times Square to sing, you know, preach this. It's the same concept wrapped up. So everybody tells you they they believe that networking is about opening doors for others, but they don't really believe it because they don't fucking do it. So at the end of the day, if you really want to scale and grow your business, you go help everybody you know grow their business through introduction. See, here's where I would challenge. Here's where I'd ask you to go deeper. The fact that everyone is saying that means that it's not yet deep enough of a, of a, so everyone already says, almost everyone I talk to, they may not believe it, but they all preach this thing of like, 
put it out into the universe and it comes back. So <laughs> what sure. do you, but so tell me something though, another thing about networking, you believe that very few people will actually say they believe that they really don't, you know, that they truly don't believe. Gosh, first thing that comes to mind I don't think that's strong enough either because everybody talks about the five circle, five people you hang out with. So for me, yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah it, it comes down to, you've got to get to the highest caliber of people you can possibly have. And yeah. So, so how about this? Ign I mean, I'm not saying this is what you should do. We don't have a lot of time together, right. but imagine if you came out and you said, ignore the little guy, especially in the beginning. I'm not well, saying you believe that, but right. imagine if you said that, ignore the little guy. Well, what everyone if I says said we should, yeah, that, that I, I wrestle with in my head is I want to turn the groups 100% B2B focus. No, no B2C. I mean, yeah, it takes that the, smart. the yeah. realtors and everybody else out of the mix. And the massage there. But those people yeah. are very worthwhile people. But Absolutely. If if, They're if just not talking to business owners. Yeah, if you're closing $100,000 deals, it's not really relevant. So, I, yeah, imagine if you said that just as a hook. Ignore the little people. Oh, the outrage. What are you saying? That you shouldn't, you, you should kick people on the way down? Da, 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 da. No, no, no. Hold on a minute. We're all pretending that it's useful to just help anyone, but we have limited time, you know, and you have to put your own mask on before you, you put your child's sure. mask on. You want to spend your limited time in the beginning on people with resources. That's a powerful freaking statement. It's true. It's a little bit of a gut punch because it's part a, that you, but you want a gut punch. This is what I'm yeah. saying. People pull their punches. They yeah. do the, they always, whenever I deal with clients, they do exactly what you just did. They go, yeah, you know, give it. And until you really push them, they don't get to the, it's the thing that everyone else is afraid to say. That's mm. the hype. Well, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of Andy Frazella, um, um, but he said something one day on something that somebody sent me that, that I resonated with. And it's basically this. If you're not pissing somebody off, you're being too nice to everybody. Not even a question. That's a hundred percent. And it hit me hard. And I'm like, well, where am I not going big enough to piss somebody off? And I realized that a lot of my content was hunky-dory. So was mine at one you know, time. That was what was funny. So I used to co-host a podcast called, it was called Access to Anyone, which is still around and it's a fantastic show. And I'm not just saying it because I co-hosted it. Michael Roderick, who's my co-host, made it even better than when I was involved. And it's popular. And I love doing it. It was one of my favorite things to do. But I quit. And it was really hard to do. And the reason I quit is because, you know, when you first start a business, you're playing with different identities. And yes. another part of my identity, I have the mischievous side, but I'm also to a fault. I'm like a nice guy. And sometimes I don't like that about myself. It has its dark side, but I'm also the kind of guy who can get a captain of industry to take me under his wing. You know what I mean? Right, right. Try to make me better. So this show was all about how to get access to anyone. But what I realized was it was, it was very sweet. It was about giving. It mm -hmm. was about this. And I realized the rest of my packaging was about mischief and hype and punk rock. So I had to cut that out. So it's not about being totally who you are. Right. It's about taking those pieces of who you are that hang together and eliminating the rest. It's like creating a caricature yeah. of yourself. Yeah, I love that. So I, for a while now, have, have told people 
that they don't understand being authentic. And my definition exactly. of being authentic is you got to share the shit that you want to geek out with, uh, with other people geek right. out on it. It doesn't mean you have to share what the fuck you had for breakfast. You know, it's, it's a hundred percent sharing what you want to geek out with others on. It also means, you know, there's no such thing as a true self. You know, I'm different when I go to a wedding and a funeral. I'm different when I talk to my mother. I'm different when I talk to someone I'm romantically involved in. I, there's a sweet side to me. There's an obnoxious side to me. There's a a cowardly side. There's a courageous side. So I don't think the only side of you is the guy with the country twang and the ball cap and the t-shirt and the beard. I'm sure that you clean up quite nicely when you have to, you know what I mean? And I'm sure when you go on, maybe at other stages in your life, if you went on a first date, you dress differently, you know, another way. My wife wouldn't like that, but yes, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's not about being yourself. It's about taking those elements of yourself that hang together to put your point of view across and emphasize those while dialing down the rest. Yes. Yes. Well said. Well said. Cause I think, you know, for me, I draw in people that are on the cusp of letting their hair down. Right. You know, they want to be more free spirited. They want to be a little bit more rebellious. You know, they're likely to have tattoos and cuss a little. So, right. so at least in their free time. And sometimes they probably can't do it at their corporate job. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I tend to bring those people in because of how I talk and how I carry myself and everything. And that's all part of the game is the idea behind it's okay to be you. That's it. You know, um, which is a, a lot of fun. I'm but you're fun- right. People get it so wrong. with They're just themselves. It's like, you know, I, sometimes I scratch my butt, but that doesn't mean I'm going to do it, you know, right on a, on a well, webinar. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I was trying to, somebody was challenging me on how much I cuss. And I said, you know, let me put it this way. If my grandmother was still alive and she walked in the room right now, I wouldn't cuss as much. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. You know, um, because she's Miss Prim and Proper and she had an eyebrow that would just go up and I'd cower, you know? <laughs> You know what's funny, but it's even beyond, and it's even beyond that, because when I talk to my mother, who's not prim and proper, but she's my mother and she's a classy lady, right? I don't curse a lot. I mean, it slips out once in a while, but it's not because I'm afraid of getting in trouble or I'm afraid of the eyebrow. I'm just, I'm the mic. I'm the version of Mike who I am with my mother. It's just yeah, a different it, it's, it's, version. It's of almost me. like a respect yeah. thing, you know, right. you know, um, and I don't, you know, I get invited on podcasts to, to be a guest and I always ask, can I cuss or not? Exactly. Right. You know, and, and if they say no, it's totally fine. Don't curse. Yeah. Now I'm going to skirt the hell out of the board, you know, and say fricking and dang it. And, you know, I'm going to get as close as right. I freaking can. Right. And there's, I even go so far to make fun of it. So, so I'll be in the middle of that interview and go, well, that just freaking flat out. Oh, I almost screwed up. <laughs> yeah. I almost screwed up. Right. Yeah. And I'm playing with it. You know, um, exactly. And you know, Gary V, when he when he start he curses like crazy. But when he started cursing like that, no one cursed like that. Yeah, no, he, I, I 100 percent will give him props for making it okay in the public life. But what I'm and and beyond that, like that 
that was a brilliant move because that was a bold thing. I mean, going up on stage in a business thing where they're paying you 20 grand to speak and F this and F that and all of that. I mean, that was, I don't know, man. You got to give that guy credit for that. Well, I, yeah. I think he's done a lot. And I don't always agree with everything he says, but I think but, he's great that people yeah, think yeah, yeah, like yeah. this. And I think he's so smart. Well, I mean, he, I saw a video of his and, you know, he, he was like, you know, I've got friends that run hundreds of million dollar corporations that walking up to me and like, Gary, what the fuck are you doing a garage sale? Why are you at a garage sale on Saturday morning? Right. And, and, you know, I loved his explanation because it resonated with how I saw it, but he was like, you know, that you don't understand. This is me. Right. Right. And yes, it's him. He likes going garage sale and everything else. But at the end of the day, go look at the demographics of his audience. A hundred percent. And also you don't know. I mean, that's part of him. Again, I yeah. keep beating that home. It's really about creating this version of yourself. We're all many people, you know, I you mean, know. It, 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 it like, I bet you that guy eats out at restaurants and the bill is five hundred dollars. I, I dude, I, I freaking you know? saw yeah. a picture of him in a fucking suit and I was like, oh, you know where what the I mean? fuck did that, that come that, from? That, that's it. That's it. And we change. Yeah. That's the other thing. He's fixed his identity on this thing, but like, I don't know. Do you think he's the same now? Now that he's worth whatever three hundred million dollars or whatever that he was when he was eighteen? Parts no. of them are. You know, we all change. Yeah. I'd be fascinated to see him in a business meeting because if you watch him interview, he over talks everybody, you know, they can barely get a word in edgewise. He loves the sound of his own voice. I'm I'm just as bad, you know, (laughs) you know, but I I would be fascinated to actually see him in a business meeting. But I, but I, I think there would be several clients that would be okay if he actually filmed that. But I think he purposely doesn't film that because it shows that different side of him. Yeah, and he's incredibly calculating. And I don't mean that in a negative way. There's no way he would, if it didn't help him to talk over people, he wouldn't be as successful as he is if he didn't know when to listen and when to shut up and Very when much to so. negotiate. Yeah, exactly. Very much so. You know, it's, it's, he's been a fun guy to watch unfold. And I, I use him in a lot of training. I actually use him and Tony Robbins in a, in a lot of coaching yeah. and training. And I tell everybody, and I love asking the question, you know, to a lot of people, I'm like, what's Tony Robbins business? And people like he's a motivational speaker. And the answer is no. That dude runs like 31 com- companies yeah, yeah, to yeah. tone of like $5 billion. I ask yeah. people, what's Gary Vee's business? And they're like, I don't know, social media. I'm like, he's got a $150 million ad agency with 800 and freaking employees on it. He's got a wine, a wine, a wine, wine business. Yeah, I mean, business, you know? so. So people forget that there's a business that these guys going back to you are just hype guys. That's their job. Yeah, they're the front man. I mean, if, if, if you can figure out a way, depending on who you are, depending on what your unique ability is, if you're good at being out front as you are, and you can eventually figure out a way, you may have already done this, but I mean you in the general sense, figure out a way to only be that hype guy. Let other people do the logistics. Let other people do the management. Let other people. We're so close. Run the campaigns. Day. I don't know that Gary Vaynerchuk runs his ad campaigns. I doubt he touches I them. He probably comes it. into the meeting. He, I, yeah. He's, he said before, he's got 27 people behind the scenes doing all the social media and everything. Yeah, and that's people. just for him. Right. What right. about the company that comes in and says, I want 
you know, oh. they, they don't sell Gary Vaynerchuk. They sell marketing campaigns. Someone's going to run yep. those. Is it yep. him? Is he sitting there doing it? No. Right. Right. So this is awesome, dude. What a hell of a conversation, man. Yeah, it was a great I, conversation. You're a good interviewer. I really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, this has been been a lot of fun. Let's do this. Let's, let's promote the hell out of your book. Where do people find your book? Oh, thanks, man. Well, yeah, it's called The Hype Handbook. And, um, you know, Amazon is certainly the easiest place to get it. Um, if you, especially in the pandemic, uh, that said, if you're, you know, if you, if you like bookstores as I do, um, certainly tell them to order it, you know, for you. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, some other places to find me though. Um, I do this, uh, you know, so my company's microfame media. So it's microfamemedia.com. Um, something I'd like to put out there. I, um, since I was a writer first, I'm a big reader. And a lot of the books I read aren't the typical business books. I mean, I've read them all, but um, a lot of times I'm reading these really cool, obscure books on, on crowd psychology and biographies of some really colorful characters. And when I read a good one, I, uh, I throw it on a list and write some stuff about it. And I send it out to uh, a group that we call ourselves the hype book club. So if you go to hypereads.com, it's a, uh, it's it's on there and and it's and i you know the emails come directly for me i respond to every email oh, that's that, huge. that gets sent so yeah, yeah I, i'm signing up for that i'm fascinated yeah. by that i i love kind of getting the the off the wall stuff so i'm in i'm in yeah so just like hype and then the word reads like reads a book very know, cool dot com very cool. Well, Michael, brother, this has been a lot of damn fun. I got one more question and I asked yeah, this yeah. of all my guests um, and I do stump some people with this question. So, so get ready for this. <laughs> yeah, so if you were going to leave the champions from around the world with a quote, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it and going through it, what's that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. I would say look for the side doors. A, a lot of times we bash our head against the front door. You know, I always thought I wanted to be a writer and it was a failure to me if, if I wasn't a writer. So I, I wrote fiction. I um, wrote songs because it was all about the writing for me. And eventually I had to go into business. And then I started this marketing business and I could have been depressed about that. In fact, I could have not done it. I could have stayed in the corporate job and said, why am I going to start a venture that's not writing? I'll just write my fiction in the mornings. But what happened was all of that experience, I knew the mountain I wanted to get to. I knew where I wanted to go eventually. And I wanted to do something creative, something with words. And now I have a book out. And yeah, a lot of people write business books and they just jam them out. But I really put my heart and soul into it. I tried to make it a good book, you know? So I didn't come the direct way, sending stories to literary magazines, moving up to the novel, da, 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 da. I did this whole roundabout way, but always had sort of my attention scattered the way a hunter might, you know, you <laughs> right. kind of focused and scattered at the same time. So I would say, yeah, it's important to be goal driven, but it's also important to, if you can't get through the front door, try to look for the, the side entrances to get where you want to go. Love that. Love that. I think most success in life comes from finding the shortcut. Um, yeah. Even while it was a long shortcut, let me tell you. Oh but, yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a series of finding a way to get it done. So exactly. So there, dude, I appreciate the hell out of you doing this great damn conversation. And uh, I'm looking forward to picking your brain uh, a little bit more on how we can pick this fight, dude. So it's gonna be fun. I, I'm, I'm there to help you with it. Yeah. Awesome.
Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.